Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Um, alrighty, so uh, at the end of the last hour, uh, we were coming up with some ideas on how to get aid to the Palestinians, and uh, Ralph uh, uh, started us on this idea of maybe giving everybody in in the Palestine in Gaza, West Bank, whatever. Um, we got to get Hunter Biden painting a bunch of paintings and then giving them to the residents of Gaza, and then they'll be set for life because he paints masterpieces. So. And if you think about it, I think the people who were purchasing the paintings at the, you know, totally anonymous art shows, um, I think it turned out that some of them, weren't they from the Middle East? So it's kind of like the money's being returned to the people. It's kind of like a Robin Hood thing, if you think about it. All right, Bob has a comment about this. Hello, Bob. Welcome to the program. How are you? Well, hey, Pete. And I I apologize for my voice. I'm on my walk. And but. I could be breathless at the prospect of speaking about something besides the war, yeah. of which I am totally tired. But uh, but since you brought up uh, Hunter Biden's artwork, I wanted to just share with you my second most controversial position as somewhat of a conservative. Okay. I'm pretty conservative, look like a liberal, but I'm pretty <laughs> conservative. What a, wait, wait, and, wait, wait, wait. Look like what... What does a liberal look like? You well, you look at my picture on the Twitter. I've Twittered. I, I mean, I've X'd you before. Oh, also, that reminds me. I know why uh, Elon Musk changed the name of Twitter to X. Really? You want to hear it? Here it goes. He fired so many people that he had, what, 10, 20% of his staff left? So... He changed the name of the company so they could all be ex-employees. Okay, thank you for that. Okay, so my second most controversial position as a conservative-looking person. Yeah. Or uh, a conservative person, not looking. Okay. A liberal-looking conservative. Okay. I've I've sent you my picture before. But anyway... um, Hunter's artwork is... Kind of making this weird, Bob. All right. Well, remember I sent you all those pictures, Pete? No, I don't. Uh, I don't open attachments. All right. uh, Hunter's Hunter's artwork's actually really good. Now, how much would you you pay for Hunter Biden's artwork? It would be expensive. If I were in the position to buy artwork, I would buy it. Mm. Uh, now, here's here's the other thing, is I suspect that he might have had somebody holding the brush for it. Oh, my goodness. So this is like a Hunter Biden artwork trutherism or something. This is like <laughs> art truther. I, to- I told you I was conservative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, but but if there is a there's a documentary... Uh, on the Netflix, I think it's still on the Netflix, called My Kid Can Paint That. And it was about this five-year-old prodigy artist that did abstract art, and her stuff was really, really good. 
But as the documentarian got into it, he started believing some of the people who were contending that the little girl herself was not doing these paintings, but that someone was helping her or somebody was just doing them all together. And the fact that she was five uh, created buzz for these paintings, Mm -hmm. just as, you know, this being the president's son would create buzz for these paintings. The name of the documentary was uh, My Kid Could Paint That. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we could start, we could maybe, if, if you had a little extra funding money, we could make a documentary called My Crackhead Son Could Paint That. Ah. And go really deep into this. But, but the artwork itself, I got to say, it's really, really nice, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I know abstract is very abstract subjective yeah it's abstract and very abstract yeah. but it's, it's really it's, it's it's really really nice work whoever did it whoever did it yeah well it could have been ai you know it could have been like an ai paint job or something <laughs> yeah i don't, I don't know. know yeah all right bob i appreciate the call man enjoy the rest of your walk all right all right buddy have a good Thank weekend you. yes sir um that's uh yeah i don't know that's uh somebody else could pay i did see i did see a series on social media I forget what platform it was, but it was a whole series of um, art critique reviews, and um, they took all of these photos. I guess it was on the Facebook, and uh, they took all of these pictures that had been uploaded onto the Facebook by various people over the years, and these were images of their children's artwork, and... It was this whole series of of critiques of the artwork. And it was hilarious because all of the artwork was terrible. (laughs) And the guy guy just savaged every one of these poor kids. (laughs) Like, like, what the hell is this thing that you got? What is this? Oh, is that a purple sun up there? What's going on there? You know, like all of that. It was pretty good. Um, I had not considered that he was not even painting it himself. I just assumed that, I mean, because everything Hunter Biden does is he's he's an expert in. The guy's the guy's like a mastermind of all sorts of stuff, right? He can run 20 LLCs. He's a he's an international gas guy. He's a lawyer. He's a PR guy. He, he, he's got this vast network of people uh, that he can he can ask. And on top of all of that, right, he's. Well, he's not very good at computer repair. I will say that he not that's not one of his, but he can also paint. He can paint a lot. Okay, so uh, I did get a couple of messages here uh, from Russ on the uh, the drug that the uh, attackers were using down in uh, Israel. The Hamas guys they found it in their pockets. Like all these guys had pills in their pockets. It was called Captagon, and Russ has apparently found a link to it. And it's, it also hinders pain receptors, allowing users to take multiple hits shots even lose limbs and keep going so yay for that i guess um and he says biden walked the line between support of israel and not offending the base his base but it's crazy how many state department employees are resigning over the top pro-israel or sorry the two pro-israel position his administration is taking call me crazy but i would assume those people are there to work in our best interests not advocate for other countries and causes. 
Precisely. Yeah, there are all these people who are like, I'm leaving the State Department. I'm quitting. I'm going to resign over this. Well, if you don't leave, how can we miss you? Bye. Um, he says, oh, on the drugs, they basically become like hyped up the walking dead walkers and you need to wait for the hydraulics to run out or you got to hit the main switch to shut them off. Mm. Uh, oh, the hellion. Oh, he's like, yeah, got to get off Chrome. Oh, yeah, yeah. So get this. You remember the other day we were talking about cartoons and I said something we were talking about. It came up like a uh, watership down that cartoon. I remember watching this as a kid with the rabbits. It was called watership down and um, very violent. This is based off a book and it was like, holy cow, like this is a cartoon. But I was describing it because it's like an adult cartoon, you know. Like, it just, it looked like an adult cartoon, the way it was drawn. It, it, it wasn't too cartoony. And as a kid, you want it to be cartoony. This was, yes, it was animated, but there was like, you know, like the blood and the head. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Point is that uh, he says, the only place I mentioned this movie was to you on Twitter. He sent me a message. We were talking about it, and the Hellion sent me a message about it. And then... On his Facebook feed, Watership Down shows up. A promo here. What is this? It's like an ad. Yeah, last exit to nowhere. All the world will be your enemy. Prince with a thousand enemies. And when they catch you, they will kill you. But first, they must catch you. Watership Down premiered in London on this day 45 years ago. Like, we were talking about it, and then that pops up on Facebook? I did not know that this is like, like there was an anniversary or something. But he says, I got to stop using Chrome. I said, yes, you do. Um, and so I will make take this opportunity to recommend everybody use Brave as, the, as their browser. Brave. And by the way, Brave uses DuckDuckGo as its search engine. And Brave is about not collecting any of your data and not allowing any of it to go through. So if you want... If you want your, uh, if you want to keep your yourself clean and keep the big tech companies from scraping all of your data, although they already have it, but scraping any more, like go to Brave, good company, and uh, they use DuckDuckGo. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? If Hunter Biden, all right, I got a message from Jimmy. He says, I guess this is in regards to uh, Hunter Biden not painting the paintings, maybe. Would that be then like Hunter Vanilli? That would be. It would be very, very much like the Millie Vanilli scandal. Let's go to the phone lines. This is Walter. Hey, Walter, how are you? 
Good. How are you, Pete? Hey, I am okay. What's going on? Love the show. Thank you, sir. A, a couple things. I mean, Hamas took a page out of the Nazis' playbook from the 40s. I mean, they were they were on meth, you know, during the Blitzkrieg, and that's how they could march, you know, two, three, four days through snow and keep fighting and, you know, doing the atrocities that they were doing back then. And so, you know, who knows where, I mean, maybe it came across from, you know, the border or maybe, you know, Hunter uh, borrowed them some, uh, some of his supply, but I mean, yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Um, But that's, you know, that's, that's not new. Yeah. And, you know, for this administration to be thinking that they're going to be giving aid and it's not going to funnel to the terrorists, mm-hmm. they are just, they talk about Iran being the number one state sponsor. I think the Biden administration has just taken that over. I do I mean, feel like if we're given $100 million and we're turning it over at the border to Hamas, because that's who's at the border, then it kind of feels like we're also then funding them while we're sending funds and military support to Israel. So it's almost like we're paying both sides or something. Almost. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Biden is going to look in their eyes and see, you know, hey, they're telling the truth. Oh, right. Like, what was that? That was the, uh, was that, was that W that said that? And he looked into yes. Pootie Poot's uh, eyes. Yes. He could tell yep. his soul. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. All right, buddy. I appreciate the call, Walter. Have a good weekend. Thanks. All right, man. Bye. Yeah. Um, this is from uh, who's this from? Michael. Pete, regarding the call from the conservative that looks like a liberal, it's got me thinking. We could have a new docu series. It could be called "Addict to Artist: Story of Happy Little Accidents <laughs> in a World." Addict to Artist, the story of happy little accidents. That's a Bob Ross reference, by the way, for all you youngins that don't know who Bob Ross was. He was the founder of the department stores. Um, <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't. What did he do? Oh, he was a painter. That's right. He made He painted happy little trees and all of that. I remember I got into this huge argument with a girl in college because, uh, like, we, and we, yeah, she was a friend of mine. Like, we had lunch, like, almost every day. And she was a photographer and um, an artist. And, <laughs> and I said Bob Ross was a good painter. And she, like, lost her mind over it. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, because she didn't like the kinds of paintings that it was mass, it was like commercial. I'm like, that doesn't matter. He's, a, he's obviously a good painter. He's, he's teaching other people how to paint. Like, that tells me he's a good painter. I would love to be able to paint like he could paint. Um, and the afro, that, I mean, the, the hair, that's like, anyway. Um, so, Addict to Artist, the story of happy little accidents. It climaxes in a chapter where Hunter's artwork brings about peace in the Middle East. I could see it, yeah. I could see that story. Or, okay, if, if, if you're in the pitch meeting and the, the network execs, they're not, they're not sold on the, on the happy ending there, then um, you, uh, you maybe just go with, like, nuclear holocaust. Nuclear war, just, you know, Armageddon. Like, that could be, and then you have, 
Because then you could, like, you could work in the whole Walking Dead stuff out of that. You would have to rework the title, though, because Happy... Yeah, then. okay, that's not so happy. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Uh, Mark says, uh, Pete, speaking of happy little accidents, ours is 42 years old. Scott says, Pete, um, using the words happy ending and Hunter Biden in the same sentence is just wrong. Why? As opposed to an unhappy ending? If he's going to, if that's the name of the documentary or the docu-series from artist to activist in a world. I I just like saying that in a world gone mad. Um, 10% for the big guy. Bob Ross. This is from. (laughs) People are so funny on social media with their names. His, this guy's name on social media on Twitter is Brack OK. Barack OK, I guess. And um, and then he's got in the parentheses, like, you know, where the people put their stupid pronouns. By the way, just uh, as a uh, just a helpful hint to any PR people that might be listening, if you are a publicist of any kind and you're sending me pitches to be on the show and you put your pronouns in your signature, I delete immediately. That's an automatic deletion. Um, so Brack, okay, he has in his Twitter handle his pronouns or, the, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Because the pronouns listed are them slash there, T-H-E-R-E. So them there. <laughs> Pete, have you ever seen the show, The Brack Show? No, I like haven't. The two thousands, the Brack show. It's it's like a it's a funny show, but it's um it's like a cartoon. Is it, it like a cartoon or is, is it a cartoon? It is a cartoon. Okay. This is this is what the guy looks like. I, I do not have it. my glasses. Yeah, you can't even. See I can't it. even see it. But it, dude, maybe you're that's talking what it is. to a Gen Xer. We're all wearing glasses now. Actually, I've been wearing glasses like my whole life. I'm same here. I wear glasses for distance. I know you do. Millennials wear glasses too, Pete. Hashtag, Hashtag not all millennials. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Anyway, Brack OK, them thar, says uh, Bob Ross was a 20-year retired master sergeant in the U.S. Air Force. I did not know that. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, Daniel says in an email to Pete at the Pete Callender Show, uh, Pete, given all of the intel we have on hunters importing Russian hookers, I am quite confident that the concept of happy endings is not a new one to him. Have a great weekend. That's 
Well, I mean, yeah, everybody knows that. Like you just you watch movies and you know, usually unless it's like The Departed, sorry, spoiler alert. Unless it's like The Departed, you know, movies try to have, you know, a happy uplifting ending and if they can't, then they try to fake it with that music they pick at the end. Right? They play like an upbeat song, hey, hey. Mm-hmm. They'll play like some song like that, like from the was a T-Mobile or Verizon commercial. Uh, they'll play like that kind of uplifting music. So this way you're like, oh, you know what? That movie, I guess that was okay. So you feel better about it as you're walking out of the, the theater. The music just makes you feel good. It's science. Um, a Danish artist, which is a pretty amazing thing to contemplate if you think about it. A Danish artist. I did not know that pastries could paint, but a Danish artist was given a pile of cash by a museum in northern Denmark in order to create a piece for the museum's exhibition on labor conditions. So, okay. I just, sorry, I had to, I just had to do an eye roll before I proceeded here that you have a museum. I mean, just uh, just think about this. You're you're a museum, right? You you operate either off of the government till or off of donations from uber wealthy people that pay you hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars so they can get dressed up and walk through your halls and pretend they understand what they're looking at, right? So so you've got so this this museum puts on an exhibition on labor conditions. And when they just think about like, because they always do the opening night thing and they'll do like the the special invitation only for the for the patrons and such for the rich people to come. I could just imagine them walking around, you know, oh, well, hang on. I don't have I don't know. What's the Denmarkian accent? No, no. Denmark Owen. Denmarkite. Denmarkite. Is that it? It's Danish. I know. I'm just kidding. So you'd be surprised when I do that. When I do that, people send me emails correcting me. You don't understand, Pete. You're such an idiot. It's Danish. Yeah, okay. Danish is the donut. Denmarkians are the people. It's like Asian and Oriental. They're different. Okay. Um, so, so labor conditions is the theme of the exhibition. And apparently two years ago they were doing this. Uh, and uh, this artist submitted two pieces, two pieces for the exhibition on labor conditions. And uh, when they uh, when they hung them up on the wall or they took them out of the packaging or whatever to hang them on the wall, um, they were empty. The canvas was empty. It was a blank canvas, much like Barack Obama in his first run for office. Right. And he named it. Take the money and run. So the theme of the entire exhibition is labor conditions and his uh, his submission that he was paid for. His submission is is two empty canvases and it's called take the money and run. Do you see why I call it art by explanation? Because otherwise it's like, oh, hey, somebody forgot to paint this painting. 
hey, guys, someone, yeah, they forgot to paint the painting. Or maybe it was like performance art and they were going to like run up to it with like some invisible ink decoder liquid and just like spray it on the or, or splash it from a bucket up onto the canvas and then it would reveal the artwork. Nothing, But nothing like that. It was just a blank canvas. But a Danish court just ruled that Jens Heining, I think, Hanning, Heining, Heining, something. Anyway, he has to repay almost $70,000, roughly. It's like half a million kroner. Gosh, your currency's terrible. Uh, $70,000 to Kunsten Museum in Aalborg for having violated his contract. Now, Haining's lawyer, a guy by the name of Peter Schoening, said Wednesday that the contemporary artist is appealing the ruling and declined further comment. The museum had commissioned Haining in 2021 to recreate two of his earlier pieces featuring banknotes attached to canvases representing the average annual wage in Denmark and Austria. So edgy. Get it? The artwork was money, literally money that he just like what glued or taped to the canvas that represent and, and it was the amount of the average annual wage. Brilliant. Oh my gosh. Compelling and rich. Here is David. Hello, David. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. I appreciate you taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I was just wondering what the possibility is that Biden's speech last night was recorded much earlier because I just can't imagine him being up at nine o'clock and especially sounding as coherent as he did. No, that's true. Well, yeah, that's or. I was thinking about that very thing, David. I was wondering, is it because he's already, st- is, is he still on Israeli time? Ah. You know, like when you go over there, and it was only a, you know, two, a one day, two day trip, but he got over there and he had already set his internal clock. So he was kind of on the, on that, that circadian rhythm or whatever. And so maybe that's why they decided to do it at eight o'clock. Otherwise, whoever's job it is to mix up that cocktail to keep him awake, they deserve some real big uh, attaboys today. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that's funny you bring that up because some days he's like a zombie and other days he's just as coherent, you know, as a 20-year-old. Let, let, let's not get crazy, David. Let's let's not exaggerate things here, okay? You know, he's <laughs> maybe maybe like a 60-year-old. Like yeah. a, he, he shows um, flashes of being 60. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you ever hear the, the old saying, for Pete's sake? Yes, it's for my sake. Okay. That's why I say that. Do you know where it comes from? Me. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's much older than that. Ah. It actually goes all the way back to the, to uh, Michelangelo. Really? When he was painting. Yeah, that's true. You can Google this. Um, it goes back to when he was painting the Sistine Chapel and doing all the work around the Vatican. And he had not been paid. And he finally went up to, I guess, whoever he was working under there. And said, you know, for Pete's sake, or for Peter's sake, please pay us. Ah. You know, know, Pope Peter. Oh, that makes... That's where that comes from. Interesting. Well, that's... I'm full of worthless information. Yeah, me too. Uh, If you could turn it into a career, then uh, we may have an opening here at BT for you. There you go. David, I appreciate the call, man. Have a great weekend. All right, right, see ya. Yeah. So this, uh, this, uh, just real quick, this Danish um, artist who was given a bunch of money... To 
to do some artwork to hang in the museum as, as part of this uh, exhibition on labor conditions. And their submission, his submission was just two blank canvases. And now I have, I got a couple questions. Hang on. Two six packs of shiner, 99 cent butane lighter, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler, take a gas at all to do her. I can feel a good one coming on. So this museum commissions this guy Haining to recreate two of his earlier pieces that were the, the just the money tacked to a canvas. So they they gave him the money to recreate. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight, situation couldn't be more right. So they give the artist all this cash, and they're like, hey, recreate your earlier exhibits where you just basically taped all the cash up onto the canvas. He instead gives them blank canvases. They sue him, and he's like, no, it's art. I made art. He just took the money and run, and that's literally what he calls the artwork, these two pieces. Why didn't somebody at the museum just tape the money to the canvas? Like, how hard is this? Not very. All right, I'll see you on Monday. You all have a great weekend. Don't break anything while I'm gone.